Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. Today the title is, it's prayer, but I titled it The Real Thing. I was going to say, it's the real thing. Remember the Pepsi commercial? I didn't go there. The, 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 it's the real thing. Matthew 6, 9 to 13. And I, I think after talking to so many people coming on in, I think we really need this sermon today. Because I, I do feel like we're a lot of us going through a lot, a lot of struggles, a lot of battles. And, and sometimes this is the only thing we have is our prayer to God, our talking to God is the only thing that's going to get us through. We've been going through the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus has exposed the Pharisees as these bunch of hypocrites. They're fake. Even their prayers are fake. But then he teaches them how to really pray. That's why I called it the real thing, the real prayer. And we already jumped, we actually already hit this passage back when we were in Mark chapter 1. Because we're actually in the book of Mark, as you know. We started in Mark, but we've been kind of bouncing the different gospels wherever it fits. But we actually hit this back when we did Mark chapter 1. If you can figure out why did I cover this in Mark chapter 1... I will give you a big money prize, all right? So if you can figure out, why, why did we do this? If you can figure out the thread, you'll get a big money prize. But we took two weeks in this, and today I'm just going to go crunch it down to one because we've already done that. If you want to go back to the podcast or get the CDs, if the title is Luke 11, Real Prayer Parts 1 and 2. You can get that. But I just, wanna, I just thought it was worth it. We can't ever talk about prayer too much, and I think it's worth it to hit this again. So let me pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. We thank you for the worship. We thank you for the baptism video and the reminder of what you've done in our lives, which we constantly need that reminder. That's not where we are, but it's where we were and what you've, what you've done in our life that encourages us for the battles for today and tomorrow. We just pray for your extra mercy and grace now, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's, uh, let me read the passage, first of all. And this was last year, so probably a lot of you don't even remember. But here we go. Matthew 6, 9 to 13. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And he's teaching them how to really pray. This could be used as a model prayer prize. I'm reading it. Most of you are probably saying it you know, mentally or even out, you know, whispering it out loud. Because we've said this so many different times at different places. It's, it's a great model prayer in church or whatever. But it's also meant to prime the pump. It's... It's also meant to just get our prayers started. This was if we just pray that prayer and we walk away, that's that's not we're not getting what Jesus is talking about. Jesus prayed for hours. You know, you read the scriptures and you pray all night sometimes. This is priming the pump. He's giving us kind of like what gets us started. It's kind of like the the ingredients and the attitudes, the principles that we should remember in our time of prayer. So it's a good prayer to repeat, but if we stop there, we're gonna miss out on the full blessing. Each part should spark something different. He starts off saying, Father. Father, and, and wow, what a, what a privilege. We, we don't, we're so used to saying that in our prayer, our Father who art in heaven. We're so used to it. But this, they probably went into shock when, he, when Jesus said this. Because they didn't, up to this time, they didn't call God 
the word that Jesus actually used is daddy. Abba, daddy. It means daddy. It's like an intimate term. And this is the same God that only the high priest could go talk to once a year in the Holy of Holies. And they tied a rope around his leg as he went in in case God struck him dead. In case there was some unconfessed sin when the high priest went in or he did something wrong, God would strike him dead and they'd have to pull him out with the rope on his leg because they couldn't go in. This is the God that, this is the God that Jesus said, call him daddy. The holy, just, awesome, omniscient, omnipresent God, you can now call him, the creator of the universe, you can now call him daddy. It literally means daddy. How did this happen? How could Jesus say something like that? To really understand that, I want to look at Galatians 3, 26 to 28. And I have, good, got right behind me. Galatians 3, 26, we'll start off with, where he says here, You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. When we put our faith in Christ Jesus, we become his sons and daughters, his, the children. We become his children. When you say, God, I believe Jesus, your son, died on the cross for my sin. To pay for my sin so that your holiness and justice could be satisfied. And I believe that his blood that he gave paid the price for everything wrong I've ever done, ever will do, am doing. I believe that. I put my faith and trust in your son Jesus Christ and his death on that cross. I put my hope and trust in him. When we take that step, we become his child. And we can actually call God our daddy at that point. We're actually adopted by God. In fact, in Romans 8.15 it says, I just need the first word, for you did not, uh, but you received the spirit of sonship. Look at what halfway through here. But you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Once again, Daddy, Father. We were actually adopted. When we put our faith in Christ, we received the spirit of sonship. We were adopted by God, and we, we actually can call him our, our Daddy now. Back to Galatians 3.26, it says, 26 and 27 now, it says, You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, God actually sees we are clothed with Jesus. When he looks at us, he doesn't see sin anymore. He doesn't see the fallen humanity that we are, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ and repent of our sin and give our life to him, when we do that, he actually sees Jesus instead of us. He sees Christ clothing us. He sees his blood over us. He sees Christ's righteousness, not our unrighteousness. That's what he sees. And that's why baptism is so important. That's why Paul connects salvation with baptism. Baptism doesn't save us, but in the New Testament, they say, believe and be baptized, believe and be baptized. Why? Baptism does not save us, but it shows, first of all, it's an act of obedience. We should be baptized if we put our faith in Christ, but it shows outwardly what has happened inwardly. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, our old self died and went into the grave with Christ, and we resurrected with Christ as a new creature. And when we were baptized, we're showing people an outward expression of what has happened inside of us. When we go under the water, we're showing that our old self was died with Christ, and we come back out of that water, we're showing that we're a new creation in Christ. That's why baptism is so important. If you've never taken that step of baptism, I'm talking about when you're a baby being sprinkled on that. I'm talking about when Jesus said, believe and be baptized. When you when you 
after you've put your faith in Christ, the next important spiritual step is baptism. To go under the water and come back out again and show people and testify to people that's what's happened in your heart. That's what's happened inside of us. Can you call God your daddy? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? Can you call him your daddy? Then he goes on the next part. He says, hallowed be your name, or may your name be kept holy, depending on the version you have there. May your name be kept holy. And there's two parts here. First of all is worship. When we, when we talk about God's holiness and, and, and may your name be kept holy, we're recognizing the absolute holiness of God, that he's perfect, that there's no sin, that he can't allow any evil into his presence. That's why his son Jesus had to die. So that he could pay for our sin so that we could come into the presence of God. But it's also more than worship. It's also a petition. It's saying, please work in my life, in my world to show how holy you are. When we realize how holy and great God is, it it sparks us to want to live a holy life and to glorify him. That focus on God's holiness should spark us to live holy lives, living, becoming like Jesus Christ. Then he goes on to say, your kingdom come, your kingdom come. He's asking, God, please set up your rule. Remember, we talked about this last year. Please set up your rule here in three ways. In my heart, in my world, and as also looking forward to the second coming. That's all part of this. Looking forward to when, when Jesus will come again and, and, and set up his complete rule. How about us? Are we anxious for Christ to rule? Are we allowing him to take over our life? Do we want to see him make a difference in our, in our country, in our culture do we want to are we looking forward to when he's going to actually rule the world someday then he goes on to say your will be done on earth as it is in heaven your will be done on earth as it is in heaven so much of our prayers are just the opposite aren't they we're so much of our prayers is and i'll speak for myself so much of my prayers is really telling god what we want him to do (laughs) or think he should do Anybody ever fall into that? (laughs) We're telling God what to do or what we think he should do. And so many of our prayers are what we want. Sometimes I sit back and say, did I really just pray that? Am I really praying like this? You know, it's all about something selfish ambition on my part or comfort, you know, instead of God's glory. What would make me comfortable? What would make me happy? What would make me, you know, me, 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 you know? And I, I catch myself like, this is all about me. Maybe God doesn't want me to be comfortable. Maybe he doesn't want me to have everything going perfectly in my life. Maybe that's not what his, is going to bring him glory. Instead, our focus should be, hallowed be your name, your kingdom, your will. And, and when we pray that way, our time, is, our time of prayer with God is, doesn't become telling him what to do to make us feel better about our life. It becomes a time of surrender. It's a time of surrendering to God's will and his purpose for my life. You catch the difference there? It gets to the point when we're praying your will. It's, all, it's not about, God, what would make me satisfied? But, God, what will fulfill your purpose? I need to surrender this situation, this struggle, this trial, this battle, this issue, this temptation. I need to surrender and let you work through this, whatever, however you want to do it. It's a whole way, of, a different way of thinking, isn't it? Then he goes on, then he moves on from God-centered to personal, some personal things here. He says, give us today our daily bread. Talking about that daily dependence. 
the physical and spiritual. Asking God to meet our daily needs. And, and he does want to meet our daily, daily needs. Notice I didn't say wants. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go there. But the, the needs, you know, what, what do we really need? What do we need physically? What do we need emotionally? What do we need mentally? What do we need spiritually? What are we going through with the struggles and trials? Well, God, what, what, please meet my, my needs. And it's so easy to panic, isn't it? And to worry when things are, when we, we look like we don't have enough of something or we, we think we need something. It's easy to panic. You ever hit the panic button? Not since the car ride over, probably, right? But Jesus says, ask your daddy. Ask your daddy. He's the one to ask. Something interesting with our church. As you know, the church has faced some financial struggles. And and on top of that, we just sent the shields out to the mission field. And a lot of that support came from the church here, a lot of the support. And I remember even when we were praying about the shields going out in the mission field, we were praying about it, and it looked like it was impossible. Remember, back even a few months ago, it looked like impossible. God provided all that they needed to go. And they're doing very well. He wrote me, last, emailed me last night, said, just getting up for church, it's a beautiful morning. And I'm going to bed, right? They're, they're 12 hours ahead of us. And uh, I was like, oh, it sounds so nice in the Philippines. And, but they're doing really well. But God met that need. But when we sent them out, interestingly, we're not doing very well financially. If you ever look at our financial statement, when we sent them out at the six-month point, we were $25,000 behind in our giving. And we know why people are struggling financially. A lot of people out of work, a lot of hard things going on. I really don't think it's because people aren't being obedient. I think people are struggling. And and we've been praying about that, but we took the step of faith. No, we believe God has called them. And we're sending them out, even though we're that, that far behind. But God, you know what we need. Well, two days later, I got a phone call from someone from outside the church. And said, I want to, give, I want to bless the church with a gift. And they sent it. And when it came, it was $50,000. Yeah. You can't make that up. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly, I mean, it, we don't, now this is I mean we shouldn't give, you know, because we still, even the way we're giving, we're still going to be 50000 behind, right? But, but it, if the present rate of giving continues, we were going to end up $50,000 behind for the year. And now this gift comes in, and God's just saying, be faithful, tell me what you need, and I'm going to take care of it. And I don't think that I have the, I, that's just our church's story. I, I think we all have many stories of our life that we've seen God answer needs in, in our lives. We have to ask our daddy. Then he goes on to say, forgive us our sins. This has to be our debts, our sins, different versions there. This has to be prayed daily because just as when we do something wrong against someone in our life, in, our, in any relationship, it breaks that relationship in a certain way. It breaks the, the closeness of it. It doesn't cancel the relationship. Marriage, kids, you name it, anything. Friendship, it's the same with God. When, when we sin, it puts up a wall between us and our daddy. That needs to be taken down. We put bricks in that wall, and it needs to be taken down. It hurts our relationship. That's why in 1 John 1, 9, we talk about this all the time. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and will purify us from all unrighteousness. It's a daily, constant 
taking that wall down, keeping the relationship clean, keeping connected. Then he goes on to say, as we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Next week, that's going to be the whole sermon. In fact, verses 14 and 15 following this goes into detail. And usually it's a little bump on the road. And I really feel led to make that a whole focus of a Sunday. So study ahead. Verses 14 and 15, we're going to really focus on that. Then he goes on to say, and lead us not into temptation. The actual literal wording is cause us not to fall into temptation. Help us not to fall into temptation. God doesn't tempt us. We know that from James when we did the book of James. But he does allow us to be tested. He does allow us to be tempted. And in Luke 22, 31 to 32, I don't know if I put that one up. Yeah, when Jesus is talking, we know that God often allows Satan to test us or tempt us for his purpose. So Simon, Simon, Satan is that to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. God allowed Satan to sift Peter with the three denials and, 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 and used it to strengthen his faith. He allows that, that time. Satan is actually the tool in God's hand to refine us and to test us and to strengthen our faith. That's why he follows it up with back to Matthew 6.13. He says, lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Because <clears throat> he's the one who God allows to test us, to tempt us. Why? We can all ask God that someday. We'll figure that out someday. I, I, <laughs> that's, that's a question for heaven. But we are, the reality is we are in a spiritual war. We're in this constant pollution here on earth. This mind pollution constantly hitting us. It's attacks and testing. And we need to depend on God's power through prayer. We need to pray and depend on him. Not just to, if we're not just to survive, but we want to th- thrive. We want to live victorious Christian lives. It's not just about survival. We want to live victorious Christian lives. James 4, 7, in line with this whole thing. Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submitting to God constantly and resisting Satan. And it's, it's his constant prayer. How about us this morning? Are we defeated or are we living the full life that God wants us to live I'm not saying are we discouraged because we all get discouraged but are we are we defeated are we living the full life God wants us to live are we living in our own strength or are we depending on God's grace through prayer that's what prayer is depending on God's grace are we are we doing that are we defeated by a certain sin you fill in the blank Something in our life that just defeated us? Jesus says the answer is prayer. Go to your daddy for the grace. Go to your daddy for help. That's that's what he wants us to do. Whether we're facing a temptation, whether we're facing discouragement, whatever battle we're facing, whatever we're going through, it's this constant turning to him, depending on him, pouring out our heart before him, just asking for that mercy and grace to get through this day, to get through this struggle, to get through, for wisdom. There's a constant surrendering that he's talking about. Can you call? Can you do this? Are you a Christian? Have you put your faith in Christ? Can you call God your daddy? Are you sitting here and, and have you have you put your faith in Christ? Do you have? Can you call him your daddy? Back to Galatians. Back to Galatians 3, 26 and 27. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. 
For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Have you put your faith in Christ Jesus? Have you taken that next step and been baptized? Doesn't save us, but it's that next important step. Have you taken that next step? And a lot of people say, well, I'm just not ready. When I, when I reach a certain point of spiritual maturity, then I'll be, then I'll, that's not the way it works. We'll never be ready to be baptized. We take the step of baptism as a, a obedience and faith, and it helps us take that next step forward in our spiritual life. Have you ever taken that step of salvation? And have you taken the next step of being baptized? Have we taken these steps? Let's pray. I'm just going to share a few things and then leave some time for quiet prayer. But the first thing is, if you've never put your faith in Christ, maybe this would be your first prayer to God. The first real prayer you've ever prayed, and that is by giving your life to God and and putting your faith in his son, Jesus Christ. This could be the morning that you first call God your father, your daddy. By turning away from sin, by saying, God, I don't want to do anything that goes against your word. I don't want to break your holiness anymore. I don't want to keep repeating the same mistakes that are making the mess in my life that you call sin. I ask for forgiveness and put my faith in your son Jesus who died on that cross for me who came back to life for me I put my faith in him and and give my life to him and, and ask you to give me a brand new life in Jesus maybe others of us it's it's about baptism We know we put our faith in Christ, but we've never taken that next step of showing, testifying to the world that we've taken this step in our hearts. And now we're going to commit to showing people, following Christ in baptism. Maybe there's something in our life that we need to pray about. A struggle with sin, a temptation, a trial discouragement a battle that we're facing and maybe we're just ready to give up maybe we already have given up but our daddy understands and he's waiting for us to turn to him in prayer he's waiting to take our hand And walk us through this. He's waiting for us to surrender to him. Let's just take some time for prayer. And maybe you need someone to pray with. Someone near you, just go to someone and say, pray with me. If you feel led to pray with someone, go to them, pray with them. Let's Let's just leave some quiet time here for prayer. Before we close in worship.